Behind the Masks Hockey Shops present College Hockey Southwest Live for January 31st, 2021. Tonight, we talk about this weekend's... Oh, wait, they didn't play. Neither did they or them. But hey, Air Force finally got on the ice. Behind the Masks College Hockey Southwest Live is brought to you by Verizon Wireless. Experience Verizon's 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business. Verizon Wireless 5G built right. By Bell Ford. See our award-winning dealership at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or go to bellford.com. The NCHC and NCHC.TV. Subscribe to NCHC.TV and watch the best in college hockey all season long. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com and gear up for the season on ice or in line. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey under the bright lights of Las Vegas. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, stop in and pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers, 12 Valley locations, two in California. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, go to Mexican Moonshine to see how to get your bottle today. Caesars Entertainment Resorts. Anywhere you want to go, you can bet there's a Caesars Resort in the center of the action. Burrito Express, the East Valley's home of the always available breakfast burrito. Go to burritoexpress.com for the location near you. And by College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. ASU alumni owned and operated. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, college hockey fans specifically, anywhere that you may be listening to us on the Podbean app. This is College Hockey Southwest Live. We are the reaction show on Sunday nights presented by Behind the Mask Hockey Shops here in the Arizona Phoenix metro area and online, of course, BehindTheMask.com. Scott Strandy joining you as always from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, from beautiful Long Island, New York, unless he's in Las Vegas soaking up the sun in the pool. Uh, Paul Hornstein, how are you, my friend? Wishing I was there right now. (laughs) Well... It might be better than you have. I mean, we went from, what, 35 today or uh, Monday to uh, 75, 76 today. So, yeah, I mean, it might be better. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, they're talking about, like, you know, your Minnesota levels of snow over the next two days. And Oh, shh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, holy smokes. I mean, I, I, there. I mean, somebody sent me a picture of a map, and they're talking. I, I don't. I can't even say it. <laughs> Is that the map you sent me? <laughs> yeah, it's the one I sent you. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Oh, there's Just there's stay a slight there's the slight possibility I was in that purple section on the tail end, but. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Oh, Oh, that doesn't sound good. Well, anyway, as you so uh, perfectly put it in the open, uh, they didn't play. They didn't play. They didn't play. 
But oh yeah, Air Force played. So we got something to talk about. Actually, we got a whole bunch to talk about. It, oh, it's it, all it's kinds kind of. of <clears throat> there's so much on ice, off ice stuff going on, and I mean things happening and bouncing around and switching around. I mean, it. Yeah, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about. Let's start I, off I mean, uh, with Air Force, though, Paul. Well, you want to talk about a crazy game. That was a crazy game they played set earlier tonight at Bentley. Um, they actually were down in the game 4 nothing, but weren't playing maybe their best first – their first and second period, even though they came out of the second period trailing 2 nothing. Um, I, I thought it was probably the best – first two periods they played all season. Um, Bentley got a goal within the first minute, and you're like, okay, well, here we go again. This is going to be like uh, the last time when they went three weeks without playing and and couldn't get out of their own way. Um, and then Bentley scores again uh, in the last minute of the first period, and you're like, uh, okay, but at least they played pretty well. Uh, and then the second period, they couldn't stay out of the penalty box. End of the first period, end of the, the – the, you know, they they were okay. Uh, at the end of the second period, even though they really were the better team in the second period, um, all of a sudden it was just a steady march to the penalty box. Bentley had a couple of minutes of five on three. And they oh, got – You know, and that – there's nothing that kills momentum, Paul. I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I wanted to throw that in there. There's oh. nothing that kills momentum more than a trip to the penalty box or multiple trips to the penalty box. Well, at one point they had three guys in the box. So they killed off yeah. the first part of a five-on-three and then had to go back to another five. And Bentley got two power play goals in that situation to go up for nothing less than two minutes into the third period. So you went from what was – a, a pretty good game to a game like, oh, wow, look out. Then all of a sudden, uh, and I'm sure Frank Saratoria would take this all of it, all, all the time, somebody got mad because somebody decided, hey, we got to put the puck in the net. And Air Force got the next two goals, uh, one almost right away to make it 4-1, then 4-2 about halfway through the third period. Um, uh, Bentley went and got another goal a couple – a couple of minutes later, so now it's five to two. But then Air Force uh, gets an extra attacker goal uh, with th- with two and a half minutes to go in the third period. So you still have uh, a shot here. But um, is Frank Saratori going to like the outcome? No, because nobody likes to lose. Um, is he going to like the way his team fought back? Absolutely. Is he going to like the trips to the penalty box? Not a chance. You know, um, so it was a mixed bag game for the, for them tonight. I like I said, I thought they played probably their two best periods of the season uh, as they inch closer and closer to thirteen games. Yeah, that that happens to be the magic number for now. But you and, know and I do mean what? inch, by the way. It is, they're not taking <laughs> giant leaps. It's it is literally inch by inch. So and, now they're and, and ten this- games. But they still this haven't could, won one. That's, that's a problem. That That is a big problem. And uh, that'll be something he'll be talking about after he gets to 13, if he hasn't already. <laughs> but but um, they do have Bentley again tomorrow. Then they've got yeah. Holy Cross uh, for a couple of games. And then they hopefully finally get to play in Air Force for the last four games of their season, which is RIT and Canisius. 
So we'll see if there's some more juggling of the schedule and things how, and how that goes and plays out for Air Force. But, you know, we feel for them. They, they've been uh, through the ringer, uh, has, as have other teams. So, you know, I mean, you do what you got to do when you're uh, – when you're dealing with COVID, right? I mean, we've all seen it now for a full year. Um, it, it's hit everybody. Uh, and before we get into more college hockey, when we talk about it hitting everybody, last night may have been the strangest thing that I've ever seen. And I'm talking about the AHL game between San Jose Barracuda and the Henderson Silver Knights at the Orleans Arena. Our own Stephen Marsh was there for both games this weekend. They were exhibition games. I well, yeah. Let's point second. that out first. Let's point that out first. Yes, exhibition they, they games. Were, it, it, I mean, it, there was there were exhibition games. Yes, but you know, we'll get into this more. Yeah, because I mean, this yeah. is obviously something we should talk about. So yeah, and well, we're going to talk about it right now. Well, we got it going. Then we'll jump right. back into college hockey in a minute. Right. But it does pertain because a couple of former Sun Devils uh, play on the Barracuda roster. Um, that is correct. Okay, so let me spell this whole scenario out for you, and then, then you give me your comments uh, after I tell everybody what happened if they haven't heard. Um, the game started off just fine. Um, okay, I need to take one more step back. They played Friday night. Yes, and, you got to start uh, there. And Henderson won comfortably. Um, Not the story, no, I, though. I, okay, I got to start one more back because earlier in the week, the uh, the Golden Knights found out that they had a positive COVID test on their coaching staff. So they moved their Henderson coaching staff to the NHL level and uh, coached the game, I believe, Tuesday night. If I, I, These days well, all melt yeah, together. They're, they're all, yeah, they're all melding together. Uh, so yeah. anyway, the, the, the AHL coaching staff jumped up and uh, coached against St. Louis uh, for the Golden Knights. And then on Wednesday, the that group that coached against St. Louis in the NHL level. Now that group had to be quarantined uh, for, for lack of a better term, away from their team to keep it from infecting the AHL Silver Knights. So they did that. That meant that Derek Anglin and Patrick Brown were uh, nominated as the guys to coach the uh, two exhibition games uh, at the Orleans Arena Friday and Saturday. So those games went off as far as we knew without a hitch. Um, but here's where the two problems come in, Paul, before the Saturday night game actually happened. Uh, because San Jose had been involved in having to cancel their games against uh, the Golden Knights, they had guys on their taxi squad and such that hadn't even seen the ice uh, at all yet this year, uh, Brinson Pashnik being one of five. So they sent them down to the AHL affiliate, the Barracuda, and put them on the roster to get them some ice time. Okay, happens all the time, right? Here's where the problem comes in. The Barracuda have been playing and practicing in Tucson and in Phoenix because they can't play yet in San Jose. So they actually had two games, three games, I'm sorry, scheduled this week in Tucson, two of which they would be home games for them. Okay, so so they've been bouncing around. They played Tucson in, a, in an exhibition game earlier in the week. Then they came up to uh, Phoenix. They stopped and practiced. Then they came to Vegas, and they were in Vegas. And and then, the, uh, like I said before last night's game, they were joined by the, the four or five or more guys from the Sharks that joined the roster. Of course, Brinson, Pat- 
Pashnik, excuse me, was one of the players that was on that roster. Right. Okay, so let's drop the puck Saturday night. They drop the puck. They play period one. They play period two. Everything seems to be normal. There's one period to go. Uh, the Silver Knights come out to the ice to get ready to start the, the uh, third period. The Barracuda do not come out. Then after a short couple minutes, two players from the Barracuda come out, and they skate over. I'm assuming they were captains, but there was no C's or A's on them, so the leadership group, let's call them that. They skated yeah. over to the officials' bench area, and they were talking with the officials, and then over came a couple of Silver Knights players. They talked for a couple of minutes, and then uh, those two Barracuda players went back to their locker room, and so did the entire Silver Knights roster. Well, Steven said there was nobody in the building anyway, but you could have heard a pin drop um, when everybody left the ice because they were all going like, what is going on? Uh, the announcers didn't know anything. Nobody knew anything. After a period of about maybe 15 minutes or so, the PA announcer came back on and he said, uh, tonight's game has been uh, postponed at this point, starting the third period because of uh, COVID protocol. Okay, so the, they come out, they spray the benches down again, they, they remove all the sticks, they remove the goals. It's over, right? There's not going to be any game. So, so that from that point forward, what ends up happening is, is Henderson Silver Knights put out a message and go, yeah, just want to let everybody know this COVID-19 protocol issue had nothing to do with the Silver Knights. We weren't involved in it. It was all basically San Jose. San Jose really never came out and said anything about it. They just said, yeah, we're, the game was postponed because of COVID protocol, and apparently the Sharks and the Barracuda have all gone back to San Jose where they're going to be able to play fairly soon in San Jose. So, well, okay. It, it was I, a I mess. Mean, by the way. It was a mess. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. well, here's, here's what they put out uh, on the website last night. Besides, this was as I went to go look up some stuff. Uh, during the San Jose Barracuda Henderson Silver Knights preseason game last night in Las Vegas, the team received lab results that indicated one player, one Barracuda player, had tested positive for COVID-19. Per American Hockey League protocol, the remainder of the game was canceled. Out of an abundance of caution, the Barracuda are postponing all team activities for the next several days, including the team's scheduled preseason game tomorrow versus Tucson. Um, so they obviously at some point came out and said something, but that's just bizarre. <laughs> yeah. The I bizarre mean, but right. here's the thing, Paul. Uh, I, I mean, I how did they start the, the game without the test results? Exactly. How did, how they, did start they start the game, the game without the test results? And if you did start the game and you played two periods, it's too late now. You might as well finish it out. Well, <laughs> I don't know. Book. Listen, I don't know about that. I mean, you could debate that point. You, you, I mean, you know, you could debate the point. Well, whoever's got it's probably already spread it to somebody else. If they were going to it, it wasn't going to happen in the last twenty minutes. Well, even if it, I mean, regardless, I mean, how did? I mean, like I said, you can debate that point all you want. I, I could see what you're saying uh, as as well as my side of, of, of this. But how did you start a game without getting the test results back first? 
Yeah, I think that's where the, the problem's going to come in because the AHL is mean, going to look smoke. at Yeah, AHL is going to come back and they're going to say, hey, there's protocol here. You can't, you have to delay the game then if you're still waiting on results or you have yeah. to remove the player that's not, that, that that's, hasn't got the result, the positive, or I mean, the negative results. He's got to be removed or whatever. Something has to happen. So that we're not at the end of this one. By I a just, long it stretch. is, it is just, it, it it's just, I, I, I mean, we've seen college games get pushed back, waiting to get results. Yeah. And well, this I, was an exhibition. With nobody yeah, there. I understand that. But <laughs> even if it was a regular season game, there was nobody there. I know. So what is the difference? <laughs> and why would you? Who? Somebody? How did you? <laughs> That's how did, Can we just save that for the next open? How did Ooh, you? Why get, somebody? <laughs> how did you? Start the game without getting that day's test results. And listen, we know that these teams, and this is not, you, know, you want to not to dip into that side of this thing, but we know that they're getting their results back. That they're, they're getting tested in the morning at some point so they can have the results in by the time the, 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 the the game starts because they're not getting tested at five o'clock in the afternoon. No, definitely not. They're getting tested at at seven thirty in the morning. Right. Yeah, there's a testing protocol early enough to get the results back. So, well, like, how I do said, you walk onto the ice without that, having I, that? Is okay. It, I understand that part of it. Here's what I really, really don't understand: is not only did you walk onto the ice. You went through warm-ups, you played the first period, you came the second period and played that completely, and then before you start the final 20 minutes of a one nothing game in an exhibition, now now is when you're going to bring up the point that, oh, yeah, by the way, we got this test result back just now, and we got to stop everything. Um, I don't know. I'll tell you, Paul. See, that's, to me, you, that's where the AHL has to come in or whoever. Is oh, they will. They will. Yeah. They well, they will. have to be like, how did you guys start with? But how? What? How did you guys? Who made the decision to start without having these results in? And not only that, you want to find if if you're getting tested every day and every day the results are coming in on time. What was the delay today that made the results not come in on time? So we make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, and you know as well as I do in the college level, we just had uh, Bronson Moore on, and he he made a comment about that uh, in relation to ACHA versus NCAA. He said, yeah, I, I was shocked at the way these guys are tested and knew that there was no way ACHA could do it. So if NCAA tests like that, you would have to think ACHA would test equal to, if not greater, than, uh, than the uh, NCAA team. So... Okay, let, let me ask you this, because this is what went through my mind, Paul. I was on the ice uh, five, six years ago now when uh, Ryan Cunningham uh, had his cardiac arrest event at the start of a game. Um, I was one of two. Was it the uh, start media. of the game? I mean, I don't remember yes. exactly it, how far into they had, the game it they was. Had, okay, I'll, I'll, let me quickly recap that for you. It was the start of the game because okay. they just went through the national anthem, and I happened to videotape the national anthem because they had a group of uh, Canadian of uh, uh, middle middle school 
choir singing the Canadian national anthem. And it was a big thing for Tucson because that was the first time they'd played a Canadian team and they made a big deal out of it. Ryan was out there. I have video that he stood just perfectly fine. Um, they, they went, made their quick little laps and went to put their helmets back on and went to the ice. He got over in his uh, right wing side of the, uh, the face-off circle at center ice and he went down, his stick went up in the air, it came down and, and I didn't actually see that happen. I just heard the noise. And when I saw him laying on the ice, I thought, did somebody just cold cock him right there and just start a fight? Because this was the Manitoba team. And I thought, did they just start a fight at center ice with the captain of the Tucson Roadrunners? And then very quickly, Paul, within a nanosecond, you realized that this was not normal, right? Right. Uh, The trainer was out there. Um, They were ripping off his uniform. They cut it off. They cut his shoulder pads off. And thankfully for Ryan, uh, the group that was playing the the national anthem uh, for the American side happened to be bagpipers who were all um, firefighters. It was the Tucson Firefighter Bagpipe Group. So they all dashed over there. They're all in their, um, you know, in their kilts and everything. And we're all looking at it. It's the strangest scene you'll ever see. Everybody's looking at it because they're just like frantically rushing. They get a stretcher out there, and you can see they're doing chest compressions, and um, they're 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 giving the defrib out there. They're doing everything they can. You could see immediately that this was a very very serious situation. And I remember watching the players. None of them had any clue what was happening, and all of a sudden they they all started going back to the locker room and. And Ryan's mom was there. And I remember her coming down with the general manager from the Roadrunners. And uh, and they took her off to the hospital with him. And at that point, nobody realized what had happened. Um, and, and everybody just really bizarre and weird. Uh, these guys skated back into the locker room. And what was even more confusing, Paul, was they were so in shock at what they just witnessed that both teams went to the same entrance to the locker room which, you know, it doesn't happen uh, at, the, at that level. No, so, no. so that's – when I witnessed that, um, and, and I didn't really know. I knew they, they canceled the game, and I drove home, and I got about, I don't know, uh, 100 – it's 120 miles from there to my house at the time. When I drove back, I got about 50, 60 miles, and I pulled over, and I just completely broke down when I realized what was happening. I got a text message for somebody that said, hey, he's in critical condition. Um, and I just completely broke down. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, he was, he tested as the, the coyotes, um, most fit, uh, training or training camp invitee. So, so anyway, to relate it back to last night, when I heard that and I was listening to it on the radio and Steven was sending me messages, um, that that's the first thing that came to my head was, Oh my God, somebody had a medical emergency in the San Jose locker room. And you and I both know how close we are to the Passionics. It, it yeah. hit me like a ton of bricks, and I'm going like, I need to know if if Brinson and Steen and everybody else is okay. And then when I found out it was COVID protocol, that's bad enough. But yeah, but at least it wasn't you know a cardiac arrest situation. I thought maybe a coach went down or a player went down to the locker room because that would be the only thing I would see that would have right. And I could, what they did, and I can understand how you would think that considering that you wouldn't think they'd start the game without all the test results. Exactly. Exactly. And not, and if you, yeah, even if you did, then I would have thought you would have held it all until the end of the game. 
because you wouldn't come out between the second and third period and go like, oh, by the way, guess what just popped up? You know, I mean, just well, listen. For, forget about from the league standpoint. If I'm if I'm Henderson, I'm pissed. Oh, they're they're not happy. That's why that you, came you, up you, very you, quickly you, to you, say you put our players at risk because you didn't say anything about not having the test results in. Now we are speculating. Let's not, you know, we yeah, don't absolutely. know what absolutely. happened. We are just going by what we see from the outside, right? But it's an issue, and you know, like I said, even though this is not this is supposed to be college hockey, this is this is still this is a hockey issue. Um, and, well, and and like I said, it ties back into two yeah, former Sun Devils brothers. Yeah, no, that's no uh, doubt because that's you know, what that's what I thought about first and foremost. Those are the two players that I thought about first and foremost, despite the fact that, uh, you know, I mean, you know, we cover Henderson, but uh, that, you know, I, m- my mind is always going to go to ASU players first. Yeah, and, and then, like I said, a picture came out from a group of Barracuda slash Sharks players uh, sitting together in, in the section. I don't know what the protocol was for that, but they were in a section of the Orleans Arena I think I sent you that photo, but yeah. you can see 11, 12 of them all together. They did have masks on, at least most of them. Well, listen, uh, that, there, there, listen that, that that didn't bother me because they're all practicing with the team anyway. Well, yes and no. Um, the Barracuda had their own roster together until what I understand anyway was Friday night or Saturday morning, and that's when the Sharks made the – decision to send their players down. Now, did those players, did the Barracuda player that tested positive, did he test positive? Was he away from all the Sharks players? Or was there a Sharks player that bought it in? But now here's the problem you got. Now you intermingled your Sharks and your your Barracuda. You did this without waiting for the test results because that's the only thing I can think of. And if we're wrong, I I, San Jose, I apologize, but uh, this the – Without having statements or or some sort of, well, yeah, basically a statement from either the team or the league, I, what else are we supposed to think? Yep, exactly, and and that's the that's the thing when you uh, when you silence yourself, you open yourself up to speculation. There's just and that's the way it is in everything. And you and I have talked about this for ever on this show and other shows about the, the importance of uh, saying something, just say it, even if, you know, just tell us the truth. And even if it's something we're not going to like, we want to hear the truth rather than have us speculate on, on what happened. So, Oh, for sure. Anyway, it, it was bizarre as all bizarre gets. Um, that's the hockey scene from that part of it. Let's take a couple minute break, Paul, let's come back and let's, uh, let's jump into, uh, uh, college hockey, specifically here in the Southwest, and talk a little bit about some of the action that will be coming up. Fingers crossed, knock on wood, we hope. Well, we'll I, got some, and- I got some stuff we can speculate on, too, as long as we spent the first <laughs> half hour speculating. So, yeah, Okay, I'm up for that. All right, we'll be right back in just a few minutes. Thrilled to have you with us. The nation's top teams. America's number one conference is back. See every play, every hit, every goal on nchc.tv. Your home for more than 100 live games. Stream anywhere. 
from the start of the season, leading up to the frozen face-off. If it's NCHC hockey, it's on nchc.tv. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Hi everybody, this is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and, and your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com and you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. If you live in the Valley, you know that there are no shortage of options when it comes to eating Mexican food. But if you want authentic taste combined with a fair price and relaxed atmosphere, then head to Burrito Express. From the breakfast burritos, which are served all day, to the combination plates for lunch, Burrito Express delivers that homemade taste you would expect from your own kitchen. Try all of our authentic Mexican recipes at any of our six East Valley locations, from Scottsdale to Gilbert and all points in between. ASU alumni owned and operated since 1995, Go to burritoexpress.com and check out our menu or find a location to order for fast pickup or delivery. We've all been there. We know what kind of gift to get someone, but sometimes it can be too hard to make sure that the gift is the right size or style. So we shrug our shoulders and try to think of something else. Well, if that person is the hockey player in your life, the answer is easy. A gift certificate or a gift card to Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Whether you go to any of our Three Valley locations or BehindTheMask.com, our gift cards are the perfect solution. Sports equipment, especially hockey equipment, has to feel right to the user. And the Behind the Mask gift card allows you to show the player how much you care and lets them pick out what's right for them whether we're talking about sticks, gloves, skates, or more. Pick one up today at any of our Behind the Mask locations in Gilbert, Peoria, or Scottsdale, or at BehindTheMask.com. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Live, our Sunday night reaction show. Paul and I not having a whole lot to react about on the ice uh, tonight in college hockey because just a lot of our teams didn't play. North Dakota didn't or um, Denver didn't play. Colorado College didn't play, and uh, Arizona State didn't play. Only Air Force played. We talked about them a little earlier. So 
Scott Strandy with you in Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein out on Long Island, New York, where he's about to get dumped on in snow, folks. So, um, you know, throw him a little sympathy if you could. By the way, uh, North Dakota did play this weekend. They actually split. <laughs> I know. I didn't games. mean to say that. But, but I knew you would catch Saint that. Cloud, um, <laughs> and um, uh, that was a very interesting series, a very nasty, very chippy uh, two game series. I happened to watch both of those games, and uh, wow, okay, you know it was uh, it was definitely uh, on the edge sometimes. Where uh, I wonder, I wonder. Well, about I know that. you're shocked at this, but <laughs> um, listen, it's not it's not North Dakota and Wisconsin or Minnesota like in the old WCHA days. So, um, but you know, Saint Cloud is having their best season in a bunch of years, and and, you know, they wanted to make a statement and, uh, you know, they split that series this weekend and they're trying to stay up on top of the NCHC standings or at least trying to give themselves a chance to win the conference. But uh, definitely was uh, a bunch of extracurricular activities in that, in, that, in that series over the weekend. We call that bad blood in Minnesota, my friend. We like it anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, so let's let's say that right up the get-go. Uh, here's the standings as I see them right now. North Dakota with 38 points. Minnesota Duluth All right, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. As long as this is – I mean, this yeah. is kind of okay. what uh, I was saying to you earlier today. Um, you know, there's not a lot of games to talk about, at least in terms of the teams we cover. So we can – let's play committee. <laughs> oh, we'll break out. We'll break out the smoky oh. room cigars since there's no pairwise this year. <laughs> Who suggested that? Was that Jess Myers that thought we should do that? And I and I suggested maybe we go up somewhere between Warroad and Roseau, maybe in a fish house. Oh, you could forget that. The woods. You could forget that. That ain't happening. <laughs> um, By the way, our but, friend Jess did, did make it back to Minnesota after his trip to. Uh, to uh, Arizona last week when yeah. we had him on. So, yeah, it's Jess, good. if you're listening, uh, glad you made it home safely. Glad you had a chance to see the hole in the ground in Tempe, Arizona. So, yeah, yeah it's good. We're getting a few pictures out of from there and over the last week or so. Um, and, but before we play committee, Paul, let, okay. we'll, we'll save that for last because uh, I do want to talk about, and that's why I brought this up. Uh, and maybe we should wait the standings until until just before we do committee talk. But okay. Um, Coming up this weekend, uh, Thursday and Friday, knock on wood, keep your fingers crossed, check your schedule every hour. Uh, Arizona State is scheduled to play the U.S. National Team Development Program. Is that Thursday and Friday or Friday and Saturday? You're going to make believe, me look, aren't you? I believe it's, I believe make it's Thursday, look. Friday. It's uh, 4th and 5th, I was told. You're going to make me Well, you could. You it, could it better listen. be. It you better be the 4th right, and 5th. You could because, be right. I just I don't know off the top of my head, <laughs> so I'm just going to look. My, my um, schedule says 4th and 5th. And that means that that would be Thursday, Friday, and that That's means fine. that I will be in Henderson for the official opening, assuming that the Henderson Silver Knights can play. It'll rain on Saturday. On Saturday. So oh, no, you're okay. So see, they clearly knew your schedule when they made the schedule. <laughs> well, it's about time. You know, and it is Thursday <laughs> and Friday, so that's good. Okay. Um, so we've been told from uh, the SID at Arizona State, Mitchell, that. Uh, the games will indeed be at Oceanside. Right. Uh, they were hoping to let in just a few family and friends, maybe up to four per player. 
right? I don't uh, think they've I, made that decision yet. I was also told, and I will check tomorrow uh, with Mitch again. Uh, I don't know about media or photography or any of that. Uh, he he told me directly that it was a facilities decision, not the Arizona State uh, team decision. Or Arizona yeah, well, I'll State ask University. on Tuesday. So, well, I'm going to find out tomorrow because I told him that I I needed to know on Monday. So <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll find out as quickly as I can, and if I don't. Then you find out on Tuesday. So okay. that's coming up. It's it's going to be exciting for a number of reasons. First of all, it's the first time that they're going to put the skates on at Oceanside and play a, even though it's an exhibition, play a game. Uh, so that I think is really important. But you also said there's another reason why this game is important. Tell everybody what that is. Well, one of the incoming recruits for next year, uh, def- defenseman Ty Murchison, uh, is playing for that U18 uh, national development team, and he'll be wearing maroon and gold next year. And I don't mean of that state somewhere in the Midwest where it gets cold. Um, <laughs> Which one? Up, up by the big I, lake I don't know. There's mean? a bunch of them. That yeah. one up by the big lake? I don't know. It could be. Oh, okay. I don't know. Either way. It doesn't matter. It's not any of them. So he'll be playing in maroon <laughs> and gold in 10B. And, and let's uh, preface that by saying – we have fingers crossed that he will because I don't know how many spots there's going to be open, and I don't want to be Coach Powers and have to pick through well, how listen. many guys are staying, not staying, who's on scholarship, who isn't, what the roster looks like listen. because COVID has turned it completely upside down. Yeah, they, well, listen, the, the, way, the way it looks on paper, they better build another locker room next year at Oceanside for all the guys that are – at least verbally committed. <laughs> um, <laughs> the verbal commit locker room. How about that? Yeah, that? I mean, because there's like 15 of them. I know. It's like now, now some of those guys are going to get pushed back to to the to the 22 23 season, but um, and a bunch of these guys actually had uh, goals and things over the weekend, um, but I don't. Uh, it, it, it is just nuts, uh, the, the size of the commit list for ASU next year. Um, it is so much bigger than all – I mean, uh, Michigan State has a decent size list. they got a dozen kids. Uh, Gophers, their list might actually be bigger. I mean, I don't know how many of those yeah. guys are leaving. <laughs> um, they got a couple of middle stack brothers coming in next year. I mean – Holy smokes. I mean, that list is about as long. Um, Wisconsin's list is about it. Where are these guys going to play? Um, I, I, I mean, I don't – this is just nuts as I, as I go through the list, at least the quote-unquote verbal commit list. Uh, Western Michigan's got about 20 guys committed. Um, like I said, I know guys are going to get pushed back, but this is crazy. Omaha's got about a dozen and, and and I don't know how many guys are leaving, at least not on their own choice anyway. Colorado College got about 10. Denver's got about 10. Um, well, you know, in, in all fairness, Paul, that's that's what the coaches do. They, they stockpile and then they move them around as need be. But this COVID thing with giving the extra year of eligibility to everybody, that really has to throw a wrench into things because, as Johnny Walker told us a couple of weeks ago, the 55-year-old uh, senior-to-be again, yeah, uh, when he comes out, <laughs> yeah, we, we we won't get into that idiocy. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, so, so 
you know, I mean, can you blame a guy like that that might want to get uh, his year back, or or somebody else that want to get wants to get a year back because you don't know it's it, it's a snowball effect. It affects all the way down from the NHL all the way down to to youth hockey because everybody's this year has been so strange. So yeah. So anyway, well, I mean, so- because this is that, that that is a conversation, and I don't know if any coach. Because I don't know if you could do this without naming names, but I'd love to have ten or fifteen minutes of 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 any coach, whether it's Greg Powers or, or or any of them. Give me fifteen minutes on what the heck you guys are is is going through everybody's head, because this is just we know that guys bounce around to begin with. How are you going to bounce all these guys around now? Because you don't want to lose senior leadership. No team wants to lose that. And you've got a chance to to really pack that leadership in and maybe really uh, develop uh, some depth. Now, granted, everybody else does too. But uh, this would be an interesting off-season conversation to have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, off-season, in-season, whatever. So well, let, it's a, let it's a get, little bit murkier in season because coaches well, are let, let me get to my point, though. Okay. Here, here was my point. Uh, the exhibition games are scheduled for this week. Right. And then, uh, starting February 13th and 14th, the team gets back out for their third and final extended road trip to the Big Ten. Right. Here's the interesting part, Paul. Uh, we talked about Air Force yet to get a win, right? Uh, we're going to do the committee here in a minute. Um you and I talked to Coach Powers about a month ago, maybe a little over a month ago when they were home um, before they went to Minnesota to start the second of this major, massive road trips. And he said, you know, uh, I'm really hoping we can get close to 500 and see where the chips fall. Well, guess what? Sun Devils right now are 5, 13, and 2. They have eight games remaining. You run the table. You win eight games. You're 13, 13, right, Well, they have, they have six games left. No, they don't. They have Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. They have eight. All right, they have eight. Okay. I, I misread this. I was looking at the wrong part of the schedule. Yeah, so they have eight okay. left. So if they ran the table, which is not inconceivable against this group, they don't have Minnesota, they don't really have Michigan, which is going to be tough. I mean, they're all tough, okay? But let's just say that they were able to put something together like that. All right. How about seven the, and one or six and two? Let's not let's not go crazy. And, well, and, I, I'm only using this for the purpose of they are yet they have not been eliminated from a 500 season. Is what I'm saying. Okay. The eight wins get some 13, 13 and two. And okay. I think if you told Coach Powers right now, uh, you can finish the season at 13, 13 and two. Will you make the uh, the tournament? I think he'll tell you 100 percent of the time. Yes, because of what's happened. I think a 13-13-2 team against Big Ten opponents on the road will get you into that tournament. So that that will be the committee part of our, our talk here in just about uh, well, okay. three minutes or so. So anyway, uh, I'm going to go based on what's what's on what's on there now, but and, and worry about eight games from now, eight games from now. <laughs> I love that. I love it. <laughs> So anyway, I'm just throwing that out there for food for thought. So keep that in the back of your head, Sun Devil fans. It's not over yet, right? 
Uh, Frank Serratore said he wanted 13 games first, and then he'd worry about the win-loss record. Well, I can tell you right now that Arizona State is in a much better position. They do have their 13 games. They have more than 13 games, and they have a chance to control their own destiny. How's that go, Paul? Win and you're in? That's exactly what they need to do. That's a win lot of winning. And you're in. Yeah, well, if you want to be a champion, you want to get into a tournament, you got to win, don't you? I know. I know. Okay. So anyway, I wanted to throw that out there. I also wanted to say that uh, that uh, our friends over at uh, uh, Colorado College, um, they're, they're going to be getting back into action too. I'm going to double just check this because i'm feeling like you now every time i i think i know the schedule wait, i gotta come back and look till again. that day yeah. just wait till that day so, every day get up in the morning and look at the schedule so colorado college will have a week off then they'll play um against omaha uh then they get uh jeez <laughs> minnesota duluth for one game and then st cloud state for one game so, yeah, and, see, that, and, and then they finish up with denver yeah, so, this is just you now. You see, this is just. Uh, but get, when they get to the game, okay. get. I just. That's so Colorado College right now stands at three eleven and two, right? With uh, they do have six games remaining, but then they also might have the benefit of their uh, final faceoff, where they could actually move their way up again with a, a good showing in the final faceoff. If and we tap on on uh, the wood again and we cross our fingers, if they're able to play that tournament. So what does that leave us with? That leaves us with Denver. Okay, uh, Denver right now, 6-9-1, and one, and they're looking at, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six games remaining as well. So you add six. If they go on a run, you make it 12-9-1. That's a pretty respectable record, and that should be enough to easily get you into the tournament field as well. So anyway, my point being on that, if we're going to go committee, um, Let's uh, let's see what we got. So, you're the guy that wants to talk to the committee. You're the one that's uh, I know done some research in it far more than I have. Let's take another quick break and let's come back and talk committee in about two minutes. Okay. Wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs. I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Thank you. 
At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails. Whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. College Hockey Southwest Live, our Sunday night reaction show. Scott Strandy with you from Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein, my co-host as always from beautiful Long Island, New York. Uh, Paul, we teased it in the break, before the break, I should say. We're going to talk a little committee. So how do you want to do this? This is your baby. You tell me what you want to do as we uh, as we talk committee. Well, see, that's just the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are What's they going to the do? Thing? <laughs> that, that the whole thing is, you know, there's, there's, there's so much that I mean, is is it possible that Atlantic gets two teams in the tournament this year? Absolutely, it's possible. I mean, is I mean, when you sit there and you look and see that American is American International is thirteen and three and. Robert Morris is 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 twelve and five, um, you know. When, when I don't want to sit here and, and 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 bash schedules because you can't do that because these teams are playing. Okay, um, you know one of those two teams is likely to get in, and what happens if in their tournament one of those those team one of those teams doesn't win? Yeah, I mean, is, that, is that how we're going to do this? What happens to it? <laughs> well, listen, I, I just, know it. No, I I'm know just what you're saying. saying. I um, know what you're saying. You know, we, we're pretty sure that the Gophers are going to get in. We're pretty sure that Wisconsin's going to get in at this point. And, you know, probably Michigan. But right now, Penn State and Notre Dame are, are either even or under 500 in terms of their overall records. Uh, you know, and the same thing in the conference. You know, Penn State is actually five and eight in official Big Ten conference games, so um, they're on the borderline. Um, what happens with Quinnipiac and Clarkson, and the fact that those teams that league only has four teams playing? Yeah. Now, it, it would not be unusual for that league to get three or four teams in, but how do you do that now? Yeah. How do you yeah. how do you do that with well, you know, let, let's I mean, you gonna... let's play let's play devil's advocate right now. You want to talk committee, so I get your point, but let's let's start it off. Let's do uh the top four. Who are your top four seeds? If you look at it right now, um by rankings, you'd have to say Boston College, North Dakota, Minnesota State, and Minnesota. Um Okay. Okay, so then uh, I mean I mean, I could make the argument that that uh, while and, and this I'm not knocking this is not a knock against Minnesota State because I know that come tournament time, uh, whether ASU is in or not, I'll be kind of pulling for the Mavericks because um, of some of my social media friends. 
That's a social media plug right there, friends. Well, listen, I'm just saying. Okay. Um, um, but who's to say that St. Cloud would not deserve a oh, no. okay, hold on a, a minute. Top, what, oh, you're, over you're, Minnesota State. You're right. You're right. I, or even I, Boston College. Even though uh, Boston College is ranked number one. Um right now they haven't even played enough games to get in. I know. <laughs> so let's, let's same let's, thing with BU, by the way. Uh, BU's let's, only played six games. Let's leave it let's leave it at this. So we we're gonna try to figure out sixteen teams and, and the order. It obviously, it's way too early to tell that, but yeah. let's just say for for the way it stands right now, you got Boston College, North Dakota, Minnesota State, and Minnesota, your top four teams. Then, if you look at the rankings, you, you'd be going at okay, there's St. Cloud, Minnesota Duluth, uh, Michigan, Bowling Green. You can argue with any of those? Um, no, get, probably get in not. In, getting in, not get just in, no. number two. Yeah, no, I, 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 I could listen. You know, you played eighteen games and you've gone fourteen and four. Uh, if you're Bowling Green, I don't care who you played then, right? Yeah, I mean that's, you know, you're sitting here and you're talking about winning uh, four out of five games. You know, four right. out of every five games, or 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 something along those lines. So uh, you you can't really knock that. I mean, that's that's consistency that that that's the kind of consistency that you want to ask for okay and then then the uh, third four would be omaha umass quinnipiac and clarkson uh, see now you're, you're gonna start any to those get, see now you're gonna <laughs> historically no no yeah i agree historically no this year uh maybe yeah very much so and, and here's and, and here's where it gets really interesting, Paul. Let me give you the last four, then you can go back to that. The last four teams in would be Wisconsin, Northeastern, Boston U, and UMass, if they played out just the way the rankings are right now. Here's the problems. UMass Lowell, 3-1-0. and Boston U, 5-1-0 and like you already well, elaborated. Yeah, I mean. Northeastern, 6-3-2. and Wisconsin nine seven and zero. Oh. So now let's say that you have an AIC who's ranked nineteenth in the in and they're ten three and zero. Oh. You got to put them ahead of a team that's that just scratched their way there, don't you? Well, this is this is this is kind of why I, I figured this would be a good week to play around with this because yeah. uh, I agree with you now. <laughs> you know, you're you're your Michigan Tech at eight five and one. Uh. Oh hey, what do you mean we're not one of the sixteen? All right, um, you know Northeastern is six and three, uh, six three and two. It's a lot of ties. UConn is seven and six. Uh, like hey, you know we've played a, 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 a more games, uh, but they're not five and one. But you could see them being on the edge because they've also gotten, you know, in the others receiving votes column. Uh, so this is kind of. The edge here, and, and and then you know what do you say about Notre Dame and Penn State? You know they're playing well, they're playing well, five hundred hockey then. in the Big Ten. The same thing that we've said that other teams, if they did Arizona State, yeah, I was you know um, should be in. But let but, me ask, and you I this granted now. they're not all in the road, but 
But let me let me ask you this, and th- that's another topic. We'll come back to that in just a second. So hold that thought. Uh, Denver uh, six nine and one right now. If they win their last six, which is entirely possible, they could be twelve nine and one. Um, right. Where do you put them? Are they in right now? They're number twenty and they're out. Uh, they would have to be in. What happens if they have the final faceoff? And what happens if Denver comes in and wins it and takes that spot? Now who are you going to bump out? Well, see, this is where, where uh, you know, at, at the point that we're getting at where some of these teams that normally would be in the tournament got to start playing desperate and trying to, to say, hey, we belong because there's no pairwise. I mean, Northeastern is a team you would normally think about uh, being a legitimate team to be in. Same thing with Notre Dame. Same thing with Penn State. Wouldn't it be Ack and Clarkson, our regular visitors to the NCAA tournament? Okay. But do they have a league? Do they have a conference tournament this year? Are they I, – I, I guess. I don't know. Because don't you have to have X number of teams to play yeah, in a league, so. to be a league? I think so. Yeah, I think you have to have it. Yeah. And and maybe shame on us for not looking this up or thinking about it, but to think about the NCAA tournament when you just try to get through day by day to not have games canceled. Um, I mean, yeah, it is, and- they are in a league. They are in a league that has X number of te- uh, officially has a dozen teams. Okay, but what about this? They're not playing. I don't know. What what about this? Now you got to look at the discrepancy between the teams and the number of games played. Uh, obviously, the Big Ten is going to – it looks anyway like they're going to get all their games in. Again, we'll knock on wood, but if they get – Oh, like, someone's going to be pissed off at you for saying that. But it, yeah. if, if Arizona State gets 28 games played on the road against the Big Ten and they go 13-13-2, you're going to try to tell me that that is not good enough to get a spot in the top 16 of the country in a COVID year? No I, way can you tell I, me that. I, I, that has to happen. I don't – but this is – this is. I mean, uh, yeah, but I started you, looking at this now because tomorrow's <laughs> February 1st. I know. <laughs> and like I said, if you don't think that those – the members of that commit selection committee are already pulling their hair out trying to figure this out, then – then you're not paying attention because, um, honestly, I mean, there are probably 10 teams where you could say, oh, they're no-brainers. But Well, look at it this way too, Paul. Boston College right now, I'm just looking at their record. They're 9-2-1. and one. They have, uh, so that's 12 games played. They have 11 remaining. So that would give them a total of 23. So they would, at the most that they're going to play this season is 23 games. And ASU, the most that they could play is 28 games. So they're going to play five more games against competition like the Big Ten and do it all on the road. I mean, Well, listen, Hockey East is nothing to sneeze at, though, either. I mean. Well, I realize that, but it's still five less attempts. Yeah, I listen, this is, you know, I mean, this is why I – Thought that this, once again, this was a good weekend to bring this up because there weren't a lot of games from the teams that we cover uh, on the schedule this weekend. Well, let me give you this one, Paul. And I will sit there and – okay. Boston U only has 10 games left on their schedule. They're 5-1-0, so they're going to play 
if they get all 10 games in, they're going to have a total of 16 games played. I, I, I totally get it. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't I, want to be picking these. I don't want to. Uh, I know, but I'm going to make you do it because <laughs> I know you are, <laughs> or I'm going to bring it up anyway. So, I mean, you know, I just, uh, uh, it, it it's just, wacky. It is wacky. It is to just say the wacky. Least. And, and this is why, you know, I, 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 I will not, there's no way, uh, even if he, if he was your best friend, that you would get anybody on the committee to even talk about this because I don't think they know. No, absolutely not. They, they have no idea. They know. So I just want... yeah, I just I look at these schedules and I just don't know how you're gonna weight them. Uh, because obviously Coach Powers is looking at it going like, okay, listen, you got to give us a certain amount of weight for playing on the road. You got to give us a certain number of weight for playing the Big Ten on the road. You got to give us a certain number of weight for our, our one loss record. You got to give us another certain amount of weight for the, the competition. And, and they kind of shot themselves in the foot at Minnesota, giving up uh, 10 goals two games in a row. Yeah, that but, didn't help. But other than that, they they've been played some really really competitive hockey games against some really good teams that you and I have talked about could have gone either way. So when we talk about can they go eight and zero and and do this, it's possible. Probably not likely. Probably seven and one, six and two is more likely. Well, but, it's more possible anyway. Yeah, but I mean, well, no, more likely because possible means that if you got the eight games in front of you and you play them all, um, it's possible. It's not probably likely. So anyway, that that's the whole rundown that uh, that I want to give. You got any more comments on the uh, uh, on the committee? Well, you know, as, as as far as I'm concerned, like I said here, and, and as I looked at it, just based on, I actually had. I mean, if I was sitting here and doing it right now, the 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 first thing I would look at is I would have. And I would sit down and do, uh, if I doing the research on it and things, whatever they decide, however they decide. Um, I I don't know. Maybe it's just my own biases. Looking to get those two Atlantic teams in, especially if one of them wins a conference tournament. Um, they said Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan at this point probably definitely in. Um, the question. Hold, hold on a minute. Probably definitely in. I you know. <laughs> I love it. They're probably definitely in. You know, and, <laughs> yeah, that's and, a COVID. That's a COVID cop out right there, my friend. Well, <laughs> once again, and I brought this up, and I said this to you, and I don't remember if I, if I said it last on on Tuesday night or not. Um, I wonder if, it, first of all, it's even been thought of. Do they have two or three teams sitting there waiting in case How of a COVID not? situation? How could you not? You, would you have, have like have 17 and 18 have to be waiting in the wings somewhere. Yeah, I mean, then, do they do that? And then you have to hope that 17 and 18 is enough. Yes. Yeah. You, you could end up with needing four teams. Oh, yeah. Who knows? I mean, I mean, now, now listen, once it starts, I don't know what you can do once the tournament starts. 
But, you know, until the tournament starts, do you have two or three teams waiting to play? Just in case? Because you can't, it's not fair to give somebody a bye. Can't do that. So, I mean, and I don't even know if anybody's thought to ask this question. I got you jumbled up in knots there. It certainly sounds that way. But um, th that's why this is this is going to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I, I, and, and a little and technical difficulties. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought. So, I'm, I'm back. back. I'm yeah. back. <laughs> like I said, do you, do, you, do you have two or three teams waiting? Is that even fair? Because you can't have you can't have somebody have a bye. Yeah, I I, I don't know, Paul. It's, and then what happens after it starts? Yeah, I know. I and, and well, Jess brought that up, and we'll kind of end on this note. But Jess brought that up. He said, uh, "Does does somebody like Pittsburgh even want to host it this year, knowing that they probably can't have fans and whatever in attendance, or or is it better to take all the teams and do like a pod, like like what they did in Omaha? Just, well, I would Omaha I, I host it." And take all sixteen teams and lock them up in, in hotels until they're eliminated. Well, you could do that in Pittsburgh. I know, but would Pittsburgh want to do that? Well, you know I don't. I because, don't know. I don't know because they. I'm sure they they bid on this for for the profit. They didn't bid on it because they just love hockey that much. So Omaha, to me, that's where you go is Omaha because they've already proved they could do it with an eight team, right? Wow. Well, yeah. No. No. I get that. Listen, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm. You know, but the I'm just saying that the conditions but, that but exist I think, in, in Omaha I, also exist in Pittsburgh with the University uh, of Pittsburgh Medical Center. You know that that is as well respected a a a, a oh yeah as but, as anybody. But what I'm saying is that if you've got somebody that's already run it and done it and knows how to do it, why would you not just bring it right there and go? Okay, hey, we watched what you did in the pod for the NCHC. Let's uh, let's give you a shot to do it right here. And let's see what uh, you know uh, how it, it goes. I mean, it I, is admittedly in the middle. Yeah, wow. right in the middle. It's of a little country. less. It's a little less in the middle for uh, a national situation than it was for the NCHC, but it's still in the middle. Yeah, and the fact that you could just play it out. Um, you might have to just keep them there and play it out like they did the NHL playoffs. Yeah, you know, I, you just no delays. You just. Boom! We move right on until it's over. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Yeah, I, who knows? But let's just hope that we get we get to that get to point. that point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, my friend, take it away. You, you didn't think we could fill an hour tonight? We did an hour and uh, seven minutes. So Listen, go ahead. We take it always, away. we always <laughs> manage to fill the time. And and I just want to say again before I before I finish up here, um, I had a couple. I had a couple people. Uh, we were during the week talking about uh, the fact that ASU brought up Bronson Moore uh, to play uh, as in, in, in on, at the varsity level from the ACHA. Right. And, and I just, and I told him, I said, listen, you guys have to go back and listen to the interview we did with him last week. Cause I still get to get kick out of that show. And if you haven't listened to it yet, you need to go back and you need to listen to that interview we did with, with, with Bronson and it's probably been one of my favorite interviews that we've done, especially a player interview. 
that we've done uh, since we started doing this. Yeah, he, he's so good. I told you that from the start that he was going to be classic when we got him on. So, again, oh, thank you to uh, to Bronson. Thanks to everybody that we get on as guests because I know it's yeah, not easy, especially not. in this time. And uh, uh, we, we've asked and hoped that uh, Coach Powers will join us on Tuesday night again because this is a big series for uh, – a big exhibition series for uh, the Arizona State Sun Devils for the reasons that I've already had mentioned. So – Hopefully we'll uh, we'll have Coach come on and uh, and be able to chat with him and find out where he's at right now because you know let me quickly recap that for people that haven't then I'll let you take it away but you know okay. coming off of two brutal losses you know uh, twenty goals given up in two nights um, and we all know about all the reasons so I don't need to say anything about that but your mental psyche has to be a little bit shaken at the very least to come off of a weekend like that. Now you get this this really good uh, U18 U.S. National Development team uh, come in. Uh, yep. They're they going to be good. hungry because they have something to prove. They they want to prove that they can play with the, the big boys in the uh, in the uh, NCAA. Um, so you got that going on, but you also have to mentally prepare yourself to go back out on the road again for the final eight stretch, right? We've already talked about the importance of those eight games and how important it is to win as many as you can, if not right. all of them, if you want to continue your season beyond the regular season. So, right. so many things to talk about. I hope we get Coach on. I would love to just pick his brain a little bit on all that because he's in a very, very uh, unique situation. How about that? For sure. For sure. All right. All take right. it away. Behind the Mask, College Hockey Southwest Live on the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network has been brought to you by Belfort, presenting partner of the Sunday special. Visit Belfort.com and explore the 2021 return of the legendary Ford Bronco. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, 100% blue agave used to make the unique tastes. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com to order any of the three award-winning flavors. Behind the mask, ice in line in net, up the ice, whatever your hockey needs are. See our three valley locations or behindthemask.com. Burrito Express, homemade taste, takeout speed. Six East Valley locations. Go to burritoexpress.com to find the new, the one near you. Buy Verizon Wireless, the 5G coverage America has been waiting for. Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. It's all about the butt. By the NCHC. Subscribe to nchc.tv and catch all the action from the Conference of College Hockey Champions. Cold beers and cheeseburgers, sports, craft beers, and made-to-order burgers, 12 Valley locations, and two in California. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, fabulous Las Vegas atmosphere. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide, it's where the action is. In the resort or in town. College Bar and Grill at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. Pre-game, post-game, during the game, the place to be to be with ASU fans. College Hockey Southwest Live presented by Behind the Mask. And all of the IcetimeHockeySW.com podcasts are live on the Podbean app and are available for download at iTunes, the Google Play Store, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. Behind the Masks College Hockey Southwest Live and all of our weekly podcasts are a part of the IceTimeHockeySW.com network. 
Very well done, my friend. I want to throw one more shout out uh, your way on Long Island. Uh, Brett Riley, congratulations on just uh, hanging in there in the toughest year of uh, anything in sports, hockey, life, whatever it is. Congratulations for just playing games, my friend, because, uh, wow, that that is uh, to, to be 3-5-0 and oh with games remaining um, as a new independent that just announced in April. I mean, how many more cards could have been stacked against you? It's insane. All right. We'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, De Niro. And uh, we'll ask you all to tune in again tomorrow for Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, Tuesday for College Hockey Southwest Weekly, and uh, Wednesday for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Hockey's heating up, and uh, we want you to hang in with the quad pod of, podca- of hockey podcasts, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time, Sunday through Wednesday. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>